Here we go. Greetings, fiends, cryptids, and omens, and welcome back to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. And I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Every week we pick a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today we are talking about the first album of uh, the hip-hop producer duo Idea and Abilities, titled First Born. It was released October 1st, 2001 uh, on Rhymesayers Records. It was produced, obviously, by DJ Abilities. It had mixed to favorable reception uh when it came out uh pitchfork gave it a 7.9 exclaim just says mixed and av gave it a favorable review and that's all i can find because this is uh a pretty underground hip-hop record uh it was in 2015 it was included in hip-hop dx's list of 30 best underground hip-hop albums well yeah you know, this is one of those albums and, like, one of these artists that I feel cool for knowing about. Like, not a sense of superiority, but just, like, if somebody mentions Idea, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. I feel yeah. very cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, so Idea managed to put out four, I'll say four full-length albums. He put out one under the name Oliver Hart, but three albums with Idea and Abilities uh, before he tragically overdosed in 2010. R.I.P. So. And for those of you listening at home, if you haven't actually seen Idea spelled out, it's E-Y-E-D-E-A. Yeah, the man loves homonyms. Yeah, if you love a up, good homonym. If you look at that Oliver Hart album, it's called How I Won the Right to Think, and every single word is a homonym. Nice. <laughs> so it's, you know, E-Y-E, you know, uh, O-N-E. It's giving uh, very, uh, like, W-R-I-T-E. <laughs> mid-2000s MySpace leap speak, you know? So Idea... He got a lot of, like, I wouldn't say flack, because um, he's, he's kind of one of the first of these, like, lyrical, spiritual, miracle, individual, like, rappers, where he started out as a uh, battle rapper. Um, he was actually a bit of a child prodigy. I'm not reading anything from this. This is off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he started out doing, like, the Def Jam, like, Scribble Jam freestyle competitions in... Uh, or when he was uh, like 16 and he won it for like three years in a row. Wow. And for um, those of us that don't know, what is that? So it's, it's, it's just a, it's a freestyle like battle rap competition where if you've ever seen the movie eight mile, uh, it's that it's where, you know, two dudes spit a verse at each other and whoever gets the biggest crowd reaction wins. Um, idea has been going on those since he was 16. Jeez. And after winning it for three years in a row, he got the attention of Rhyme Sayers Records, got himself a record deal, linked up with DJ Abilities, and put out this album. I know, I'm not sure when the timeline of releases lines up uh, of when Oliver Hart came out. I know he wrote Oliver Hart when he was still a teenager, and this one came out when he was 22. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure how much of this was written like when he was still a teenager versus uh after the oliver hart thing but either way you know really impressive he he we'll get into it once we get into the album but he's one of these guys 
he managed to be like a fast rapper you know super lyrical guy but he has enough personality and he's grounded enough to where it doesn't necessarily come off as cringe definitely like, like a lot of these guys do yeah and like i'm surprised at how young he is on this album as well because he definitely performs like a much more seasoned much more experienced performer yeah. like lyrically flow wise like he just he sounds a little bit beyond his years and right. i think a lot of uh people who die tragically young are often described that way yeah. you know that's the i mean uh, we we should. I, I mean, well, I'm a, I'm about to start doing the entire review now. We should probably just start listening to the album, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we're starting at track one, which is called one, and it, it's spelled correctly. It is. This world this is, world my, is cave. my cave, and the cave molds the background of a picture painted by you. And this intro actually goes on for a little while, so I'm gonna skip ahead. Time to clean MTV out of your ears and listen up like a good student. Idea and abilities is here to turn robotic cheek back into humans. I gotta speak so the facts get heard. I collapse the last fraction of nerve. This is much more than just or average rapper's words. Acid burns and laughter hurts. The passengers of my head flight dead right of clashing hurts. That ass gets served. Better look next life. I blast it. has to be uh, the most like early 2000s opening line for a rap song ever. I meant to say that at the beginning of the show. Actually. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's very, very aggressively 2001. I really want to start doing our shows with, it's time to clean MTV out of your ears. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when MTV was still... Yeah, making, putting out music videos. Yeah, like, it wasn't all just reality TV, so it's kind of funny, um, because now that's such a cliche, like, talking about, I don't listen to anything on MTV, and it's like, right. nothing is on MTV. Yeah, it's time to put down the ridiculousness with Rob Deirdre. <laughs> How long has he been doing that show now? I mean, I don't know. He'll just keep doing it until he's dead. Probably since this album came out. Prop prop his corpse up on the stage to react to YouTube videos. Um, Yeah, I uh, really like this intro, actually. I love the drums up top. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I also, I love how, I kind of do love how long it takes to actually get into I the do too, like when we were listening to the vinyl yesterday um, prepping for this episode, I actually really like how it kind of eases you into the vibe, and to me it kind of puts me directly back into the headspace of being like, you know, nine years old in 2001, and like well, I don't know if Adult Swim is a thing then, so maybe uh, I got my dates wrong a little bit, but it brings me back to like, yeah. Adult Swim bumpers in a way, that was the note that I had for Ad- the first track. Adult Swim definitely existed at some, and as a matter of fact, Adult Swim was tapping a lot of these rhyme sayers guys to gotcha do, to do music like uh, that makes sense or, uh, and a lot of it was a lot of rhyme sayers stones throw and fool's gold which is uh lp's record label after def jux gotcha um because i know like mf doom did a lot of them and danger mouse did a lot of them they're, yeah they're both uh uh stones throw 
uh, at least at the time, and then MF Doom is on Rhymesayers now. Yeah, well, this is not a... now. He's he's dead, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, it's very interesting how this kind of perfectly encapsulates that early two thousands rap scene yeah. vibe, and just the immediate first track, and kind of takes you right back to that place. Oh yeah, and, and it's the it's it's like weirdly ahead of its time because like people are still trying to put out you know quote-unquote real hip-hop albums now that sound exactly like this and this mm-hmm. came out over 20 years ago yep that's kind of wild yeah uh let's move on to the first proper track this one is just called music music and i forgot to turn the volume back up all right now let's do it <laughs> Be right until I'm dead, maybe till I'm alive. All the emptiness I've let has only helped me survive. Something melted inside when the tones hit my pulse and stifled the idle eagerness to grow into my clothes. Knowing that I know it's any longer good at acting like they comprehend the motive encoded to feed the corroded passion. Action needs to stay eye level with the rest. That's the least I deserve for the love that I've shed. I've trudged through the sediment in search of the rhythm. Go so first to bathe, new in its abyss. Paid dues and made music my religion. Now I listen, close my eyes, and forget I even exist. I sing a bastard's tune inspired by the noise of shit made before it sank and was finally destroyed. I flaunt the grin of a man made for the skies and a boy who tried to avoid showing the cry in his voice. Ah, but there's something special about the notes that he hears. The scales are redemption, unraveling repressed memories. And when he brings a new energy enters, he consumes him to heal his wounds and unseal his doom. If only I could make you understand. But words are just words, so I can't. The universe's deepest art form keeps my heart warm with influence. I tell you, ain't nothing quite as beautiful as all right it's everyone's favorite thing a song about the concept of music (laughs) (laughs) everyone has to do one at some point especially like if you're a very lyrical rapper um especially if it's your first album you can get away with this on your first album you cannot get away with this on your like fifth album no but people still do it yeah they try and they they get made fun of on twitter for it (laughs) the ultimate shame really so uh this is a very silly question that i'm not sure you have the answer to is that like tinkly sound that they're kind of sampling throughout the intro and the chorus and like everything like that is that the entrance chime to the neighborhood of make-believe oh maybe right okay because like now that it i've heard like now that you know like i really think maybe <laughs> i don't know this might just be my brain connecting dots where there aren't on but that's what it feels like I mean, it's entirely possible there's there's i i have a theory about a sample a very funny sample later on in the album oh boy <laughs> i love me a good sample yeah i mean yeah i don't I, I honestly i didn't even think about that i should have looked up where these samples came from 
Next well, one. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's fine. We're, we're on episode two. For now, I'm choosing to believe that that's like him entering the neighborhood of make believe right. on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, my only production, my only production, my only notes on this is I love the production on this song, mm-hmm. and his flows up top are really good. I love how he doesn't immediately lean into being the fast rapper guy. I do. That's, that's, yeah. kind of, that's kind of what he was known for as a battle rapper. Right. How, like, how fast he could spit the words out. Right, and for a minute that was kind of like the measure of a rapper, yeah. I feel like. Like people that don't know a lot about rap still use that. You know, like yeah. like when I tell people about clipping and how fast, uh, wow, my brain just blanked on his name. David Diggs can actually rap. Right. Like, it is mind-blowing, but, like, I love when guys that are known for that and people that are known for that just don't always do it, kind of give themselves time, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that part out. Cool. Um, <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. It, it's just one of the, like, I had this idea in my head before I listened to this album because I wasn't super familiar with this album as much as um, uh, uh, ENA Day and By the Throat. Mm-hmm. So, and ENA Day has a lot of fast rapping stuff on it. So I definitely thought going back to this one, like I had it in my head that like, all right, this one is more right. fast rapping stuff than ENA Day was because I had it in my head that he kind of phased that out. But uh, there's not a lot of it on this album. No, like as we were listening through, um, I kind of can't believe this is a super early album for him mm-hmm. because it just, the delivery is so yeah. mature. It's so developed. It, yeah. It has such a like specific sound. Mm-hmm. Even even today, like, I mean, this came out in 2001. You got to think, 2001, uh, uh, the Marshall Matters LP just came out. Right, so like. You know, this is, this isn't, we're not even talking, uh, yeah, we're not even talking um, um, the Eminem show. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this we're, is... we're in a post-Marshall Mathers debut world. Right. But it's also an early Marshall Mathers world. Right. Uh, when, you know, when, when he was still, when he was kind of still, like, the only real white rapper. Right. You know, the, one that, the only one that wasn't a joke. And then right. you have this, like, 16-year-old white kid uh, getting up on stage at, at a Def Jam you know, at Scribble Jam and battling people and just destroying them. You know, it was, it was it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. I feel like. Definitely. And I like that this album isn't super affected by that, you know? Yes. Like, you can definitely hear it in the style. Like, that's just, like, kind of very of its day. It's very right. 2001. But at the same time, I don't hear this and go, wow, this sounds like an Eminem album. No, he's not doing the choppy flows. He's Uh-oh. not doing the sound effects or the ad Yeah, and it's, voices it's so like common when we listen to something, yeah. like, in hip-hop or rap, honestly, from, like, 2001, 2002. It kind of does sound. <laughs> and one thing and one thing we'll get into in the next like batch of tracks you'll notice this album is really conceptual mm-hmm. there's a lot of these songs that kind of play out jump off of each other and they kind of continuously tell like a story between them right and um so let's jump into that we're jumping to the first of what people call the water trilogy Ooh. Uh, this is birth oh, I keep forgetting to do the volume. This is Birth of a Fish. Uh, 
Ha ha. It is kind of a funny story. Ha ha. He lives in a four by two glass box. It reminds me of my head. I wish my floor would have rocks, but it's covered with puddles instead. If I could be him, life would be great. I could erase his permanent frown. I wouldn't even be held down by my own weight. I woke up, walked to the tank to hear his thoughts on yesterday. How was it I asked? And after a tap on the glass, he looked my way, then gave me this depressed expression and pressed his best just to say. Besides the tides and the gray skies, it was okay. And I said, hey, Mr. Fish, you get all that you wish. You got nothing to complain about while hanging out in this bit. And he replied, well, existence is bliss. There's so much that you miss. Besides, get off the trip. Happiness is just a myth. I said, living in water is extremely more peaceful than life. You find it with mind blinded by the evil and forced to see through these two people. It seems a redeemed freedom not being limited by walls. But that only means I qualify as ground for the sky when it falls. That only means I qualify as ground for the sky when it falls. Alright, uh, before we jump into it, I'm, one of my notes is that I love the transition into the next song, so I'm going to play that and then we'll talk about uh, this song. Uh. Mind is your own monster, reality's what you make it, and if you take it away, you're just a fish like me, swimming in the powdered water. Alright. Yeah, that is very nice. Yeah, very good transition. Functionally interesting because functionally it's not not under the sea from the Little Mermaid. Yeah. I promise I'm not a Disney adult. I don't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, I, I, the only thing I have in my notes is, is like this is kind of your first taste on the album of his his hyper specific style of storytelling. Definitely. Um it does it's almost like theatrical. Like I almost, I don't yeah. want to call him like a theater kid, but like, was he a theater kid? He, I think so. Um, I do know that with like with Oliver Hart, that album is a concept album that is. It was originally conceived as a companion album to a novel that his friend was writing. Gotcha. So he was writing this album from the perspective of the main character of that novel named Oliver Hart. So I think. He definitely has a very, like, literary style mm-hmm. to his, like, songwriting. Um, and I think that really comes through here. Yeah, it's especially, like, when he's, like, rapping dialogue in the story. Yes. Like, it's very good. And it takes you, like, right to that place. Yeah. And, like, I just, I've been through a lot of public speaking training. And I just, idea must have been a hell of a public speaker. Because a lot of the oh, stuff, yeah. like, you know, the pauses in the right places, taking your time in the right places, and going a little faster in some places. Like, well, all of that is stuff you have to learn in order to efficiently, like, yeah. be able I, to talk in front of a bunch of people. I think he also did the, uh, I could be wrong on this, but I think he also did, like, the Def Jam um, slam poetry. Oh, that's, that's sick. Too. I want to watch some of that. We should try yeah. to find some of that after this. <laughs> you, you, can find, you can find his rap battles on YouTube. I remember when I was very first getting into uh, hip-hop. Uh, one of the things I would uh, I would look up is the idea of, like rap battles because I think I think they're really interesting. Yeah, um, I definitely want to check some of those out. Yeah. I um, regret to inform you I was an epic rap battles of history yeah. fan as a child. In my defense, I was a child. Yeah, but like I would actually like to watch some real rap battles, some like actual like stuff that has been instrumental to careers in the music industry it's very funny i didn't even know about epic rap battles of history until i was like 19 that is such a flex stop flexing on working at walmart and and someone was like have you seen this video of uh darth vader battling (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) oh my god you're you're cooler than all of us (laughs) what can i say uh but 
Yeah, let's uh let's jump into powdered, powdered water. Powdered two. water two parentheses one. Close parentheses. Cl- yes, close This is an interesting one. It kind of comes off with this like a little bit of a, a cartoony flow. This one can easily be summed up with uh, work bad. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Weird MC Chris vibes too. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> this one. This one's always kind of a silly song to me. Like it's still pretty good, but it's like it, it's very funny to hear like a 22 year old uh, rapping about how much it sucks to work in a cubicle. Right. A guy guy who's been a signed rapper since he was like 19 and doing rap competitions his whole like teenage years. Well, and um, of the topics that idea kind of gets into in his work, that is by far like one of the most, uh, the least serious, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, This is part one of a song so i'll just go ahead and play part two i'm gonna say i will say i completely forgot how long that intro was <laughs> so I'm that will gonna, be a running theme yeah uh here hold on here is part two Blue. 
sanctuary. Thank you very much. Buried all I carried for a vocabulary brush. And I don't want to be around when the cherry bust. Because when it does, the sun will flood all of America. Huh? It might have been all over if you were to barely thrust. But you got greedy. Punctured too deep. And now she's scared of trust. But who can you trust? Anyway, every opinion stated by an experience making part of response to memory. I am my enemy. Can't think my way out of this penitentiary. A break the condition in humanity's mechanically accepted for centuries. It's the water. Is it real? How does it make you feel? Being endlessly dependent on external crutches and shields. Sleepwalking through the dust-covered fields. Haunted by the taunted souls of those who kept the seals closed. I've stretched the distance and pushed the envelope. This song's become an endless note for all women and men with hope. Open your eyes. You no longer can float. You're sinking and drinking the powdered water. Gonna make you choke. Yeah, I just wanted to get to that turntable solo a little bit. So good. All right, that's enough. Uh, so I hope that powdered water will make you choke. Yeah. What a fucking line. In right. um, my little notes for this, when, uh, I wrote, this is where we go from Powerpuff Girls to Samurai Jack. Yeah, this is the first taste. <laughs> this is the first bit of, like, where he kind of gets aggressive with his flows, and you kind of hear, like, you got to hear his battle rap come out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, one, one thing that I haven't gotten to play a, a lot of so far is um, abil- DJ abilities on this record. Uh, this this is kind of his first ability, uh, his kind of first showing to show like uh, how much he shines on this album. I love his turntable solos. Uh, he has so much personality on the record as a DJ. Um, yeah, and I love the drums mm-hmm. on this song. They're yeah. so crisp. They are like that snare is just like extra crispy. Yeah. I screwed up that whole thing, but I am not recording it. That's staying in. Uh, if, if you made it, if you made it if you made it this far, we're on track five. If you made it this far, then I, I assume you're you're in it. You're in it for us at this point. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's what I forgot to mention. Uh, th- so the last album we did, Opeth Swatter said was uh, seven tracks long. Eight technically eight tracks long, right? This is seventeen tracks. And it is over an hour long. Yeah, but some of these this tracks is, are like a minute and 14 seconds, two minutes, 14 seconds. Yeah, like, and then you got it, five, five minutes and yeah, 13 so, seconds, <laughs> six minutes. 17 tracks sounds like a slog, but like it really doesn't feel that way listening through. It doesn't, but it is worth pointing out that this album is not very respectful of your time. But I think I think it got to be this long because of how many like connected story tracks there are Mm -hmm. but either way we'll talk about that more later as we get to the latter half of the album um so we'll just start out with uh the longest song on this album coming in at five minutes and 57 seconds uh color my world mine Thank you. 
that a man who trained himself not to dream. What it seems to have seen was a glimpse of everything. He's been painting pictures on canvas since age 13 and claims he only exists in the mind of a higher being. And I enjoy his work, mostly scenic landscapes, but each one is focused on an easel where the man paints himself, painting himself in all that's in his visual field. He said this was the only way he could make himself real. Ever since he could remember, he had one nightmare reoccur. But until about ten years ago, it didn't matter. It consisted of loud, distorted sounds echoing off the concrete. He ran on top of an attempt to reach a ladder. Sometimes he gets so close, but never touched his destination, which caused too much frustration because he didn't know what it meant. And by the end of the dream, he saw the scene from a bird's eye when the witness's dead body laying on the cement. It was only the witness's dead body laying on the cement. At first, it freaked him out, but after a while, he grew content. So he felt it's just a dream and kept living his life right in the soul on the canvas because it sheds his planet light and it goes on and on like space and time ain't nothing odd it's not that he didn't believe he just didn't approve of god his experience was one i couldn't comprehend till i stopped being detective and listened to him as a friend he said he once saw a painting that told his whole life story it was then that he knew he was the art of divinity he once saw a painting that told his whole a first stroke of the gods made in one note in their symphony. He once saw a painting that told his whole life story. He spoke for himself and not the rest of humanity. He once saw a painting that told his whole life story. I realized that I'm not real. God just imagined me. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start off with this one. You're, you're the artist of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's interesting in a track called Color My World Mine how bleak Mm -hmm. this is. Yeah. You know, like if he was actually, if this song was a painting, it would definitely be in grayscale, maybe with like a lot of red dripping down through. Yeah, for sure. And like, I have it in my notes that uh, this would be, this would be cringe if it wasn't like so compelling. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't so like well written and uh, like convincingly delivered like i mm-hmm. i think the the um i think the pitchfork review mentions that like uh uh what 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 they say uh, the or no this was the av club it said the album's high-minded excursions into the realm of being and nothingness periodically lurch into navel-gazing self-parody but ideas passionate delivery and lyrical skills keep the disc grounded Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important thing. At no point, even when he is getting like all metaphysical and all that shit, like idea never comes off like he thinks he's smarter than you are. No, definitely not. Um, he's very good at this, and also uh, Aesop Rock is very yes. good at like, especially on the album uh, "Field Guide to the Spirit World" mm-hmm. or "Spirit World Field Guide." I yeah. always get the name of it wrong. It's something like that. Yeah, it's but that's what this track really reminds me of. <laughs> just like kind of a darker take on it. Like it's very unseely fake quartz. Mm. You know, Dawn of the Dead, all those good things. This is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, Spirit World Field Guide, Spirit World, that Aesop Rock album is, <laughs> <laughs> is another great example of a really good rap album that is uh, a little too long. Yeah, twenty-two tracks on that thing. Yeah, not not good. No, C- if I can cut it down a little bit, man. I have done an entire color correction within the space that that album takes <laughs> yeah. up, and that's a problem. Right. <laughs> Uh, for reference, for those who don't know, <laughs> Amanda's day job is uh, hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. We have jobs. Yeah, we the, we don't just uh, do this. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, we're not we're not making any money off this. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's move right along into so, some liquid sovereignty. Yeah, liquid sovereignty. Another uh, uh, another uh, reference to water. I feel like mm-hmm. water, a big theme on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hit it. cap it there uh i think so far that's my favorite hook on the mm-hmm. album this isn't an album where hooks are much of a priority mm-hmm. uh obviously as you can tell by how hard it is for me to find places to cut the song but um yeah this is probably the best hook on the album i like the rain at the beginning it's very immersive mm-hmm. apologies if anyone is driving home from work right yeah. now listening to this and you really have to pee uh maybe this ain't the podcast yeah. not this one there's no. a lot of water on this album yeah. i love i love the piano yes it's so good the piano the 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 twinkling little piano that kind of creeps in mm-hmm. later i do also have uh this song should not be over five minutes long and then <laughs> in all caps too long well because it's a fairly <laughs> simple concept and the concept yeah. is everybody has problems everybody's going through it everybody yeah. spends most of their life trying to not get wet where wet is in mm. metaphor for having issues i think this is one of the songs with the like disconnected outro too because mm-hmm. a couple of the songs have this outro which i figured out uh while we were listening to the vinyl yesterday that mm-hmm. they do that so you have time to flip the record oh i love that uh, and, you know so so it doesn't just like cut and then yeah yeah 
very solid and well yeah. thought out production. Yes, absolutely. So is DJ Abilities also a producing most of these tracks? Or? He's producing all of them. Okay, gotcha. He's, he's the only producer listed on this album. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Like, I love that because mm-hmm. like, he does have a very clean production yeah. style that does not feel overworked or like overwrought. You know what I mean? And he's great. D- uh, DJ Abilities is still out there doing stuff. He put out a really good album last year. Uh, go support DJ Abilities. Yeah, shout out to DJ Abilities. Yeah. Next up, A Murder of Memories. Yeah volume once again hold on (laughs) (laughs) the bane of my existence is the obs volume slider that's him in the corner with social oblivion encompassed by the sweet sense of freedom that only borders the aura of deep cerebral gouges buried in each beat of the heart he was once proud to hold if only his substance held a higher level of potency it might be able to drown a portion of his mind which is trapped in the infinite horrors of his 1972 Sometimes gunfire's brighter than the sunshine. Sometimes a child's scream influences every dream. Sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking we moved on. But no way, no how, do we ever forget what we've seen? No way, no how, do we ever forget what we've seen? No way, no how, do we ever forget what we've seen? No way, no how, do we ever forget what we've seen? No way, no how, do we ever forget what we've seen? It's now 25 years later, he's on the brink of 43, still searching for sanity, surveying the floor of his distorted sea. He remembers high school friends joking about the war. Never knew what mom was crying, never knew what mom was crying. The other piece that shines in his mind was the divine first love soulmate, beauty brown-eyed queen he left behind. He remembers holding her tight, watching the sunset at shore. Never knew what she was crying, never knew what she was crying. He got the letter in the mail by the middle of his summer. Wouldn't have had to go if it wasn't for his newborn brother. He was barely 18, murdering people even younger. And he still ducks and covers every time he hears the thunder. He still hears the scream, smells the flesh, tastes the death, sees the blood, feels the pain. What's to gain? Nothing's left but the slug that remains in his right calf. The bullet laughs every time he cries and it drives him mad, trying to sleep. When the visions give him a cold sweat, the war's been over for two decades, but he still hasn't been home yet. And every day he wakes and strains to suppress his guilt and forget the horror, the violence, the killer be killed. Fists are always clenched, teeth are always grinding. Real life is lost and in a bottle he tries to find it. It's not fair, he mumbles through a nightmare, only in the fight for two years and wound up spending his whole life there. He was face to face with the devil for the welfare of his country. Now he's training to live, but his conscience won't let him. It ain't flashbacks, you have to understand the tragedy. See, he left the war, but the war never left him. See, he left the war, but the war never left him. See, he left the war, but the war never left him. See, he left the war, but the war never left him. See, he left the war. It's now All right, coming in with a really heavy anti-war song, uh, which released two weeks after 9-11. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting how, like, just in the decades since this came out, like, how much of a broader description this now is. Like, it's not just Vietnam vets yeah. anymore. Like, we both have lots of friends that have served, or mm. we know people. Like, oh, yeah. Um, one of my friends from when I was younger, uh, Donald, he was a sniper in the Marine Corps and was apparently pretty darn good at it because he got blown up like three times <laughs> and they just kept sending him back. <laughs> uh, he's doing all right these days, but yeah. like, well, I mean, clearly he can keep getting blown up, you know? I mean, yeah. You know, like <laughs> it's like, uh, and he swears he never looked at an explosion. 
He's too yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this song very much reminds me of him. Yeah. I, I do love, like, it's kind of a bold move. I Like, I know that this is an underground record that wouldn't have gotten, like, a ton of pushback or press to begin with anyway. But, like, releasing the album with this song still on it, I think, is really brave. Because you think about, like, people forget how insane the immediate aftermath of 9-11 is, was. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was either Bowling for Soup or Newfound Glory had to like change the name of their album or something like that because it was yeah. called like American Dream or something. Right. Like like a lot of things, like uh, 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 all of the songs getting like pulled from the radio, like mm. Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. John Lennon's Imagine. <laughs> like I vividly remember sitting in the back seat of my mom's minivan and like Dr. James Dobson decrying <laughs> yeah. how evil um, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor yeah. was. And there was another very infamous uh, album that came out that day. I can't remember which one. It, well, there were several. Yeah. But uh, God Hates Us All. Ah, yes. God, God Hates Us All. God Hates Us All by Slayer was released on <laughs> September 11th, 2001. You know, <laughs> it's so funny because, like, people talk so much about cancel culture and specifically, like, parents that I grew up with. Not my parents, if you're listening. But um, yeah. it was, like, every other week his radio would have, like, their thing that they would be like, oh, this yeah. is evil and selling your children's souls directly to Satan. Yeah. And especially, like, in the months and weeks after 9-11, they just... Yeah. They went kind of ape shit. Christians are the OG cancel culture champs. What mm-hmm. do you mean? They've been, you know, they've been they've been cancel culturing since they existed. <laughs> hashtag Salem happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> justice for the burned witches. We're we're gonna start well, a, actually, a, a awareness campaign. To be fair, <laughs> we Americans have never burned a witch. We have pressed them with stones and hung them by their necks until they died. Yeah. This is America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving yeah. right along to... Blindly Firing. Track nine. Yeah. Which is not about what you think it's going to be about. Yeah. Uh... Definition of dope, cause I think our opinions differ. Till your own skills develop, be wise and shut the hell up. I told you, man, I fold your plans, you know you can't be older than me with a microphone in hand. I'll show your fans, I only slam my flows and chant to both expand and growth that stands and holds hip hop on the cross. Licking shots for the lost vision. Listen, it's embedded in my genetic code to push the evolution, clean up the pollution, and let the rhetoric grow. So your records get sold, and with each blow, you can add to add more gold to eat whole out of your crack piece. Whole as we go with the rules of freedom of independence, we breathe. Slow-mo speed, you know, I weave and so my way through this imaginary land of fairies and trolls, trying to bury the scroll, I carry a load that weighs way more than my area code, vocabulary unfolds so that you cherish the very story of marriage you told, your character's bold, build the barriers, spare your words before your parents don't be careless, apparently to share a paragraph, paired your nerves, heard you grew some nuts, now you think your crew don't suck, stupid fucks, in a battle you'll still lose to us, this one's for all the people in the world that think they can get with this idea and abilities, you know we beat the sickest, This one's for you, this one's for all my people loving hip-hop that I truly gifted. Idea and abilities, we only came to rip shit. DJs with no cuts outside, they self-inflicted wristlets. This 
one's for you. This one's for you. This one's for you. What's your definition of dope? Because I think our opinions differ. I guess I don't know what dope. <laughs> What's your definition of dope, listener? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. That's pretty close. Yeah. You know? I, it, it's funny. The genius uh, track info only says a true MC spits a godly verse. It's so funny because when I was looking up, you know, I was trying to find funny things to read from like genius or song meetings. And stuff, but everything for idea and abilities is like paragraphs. Long. Yeah. Like, this is ev- the only one sentence yeah, thing that I've seen. People are writing dissertations about <laughs> this man's lyrics. Um, the, in my notes, I have Rugrats at Rugrats ass beat. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost a little bit of a callback yeah. to the title track that has that opening that kind of sounds like right. um, when Trolley goes to like the neighborhood, the yeah. neighborhood of make believe. Yeah, and uh, I think I think putting uh, putting a uh, brag song like a braggadocio, look how good of a rapper I am type of song over this like silly ass it's it's kind of my favorite yeah it's like so funny to me it is it's because it kind of um he's definitely still flexing he's definitely still calling back to like his battle rap days but at the same time because uh the beat is so goofy it doesn't come off as like he's a dick (laughs) like he's just someone that's proud of what he can do you know what i mean like it was definitely the right production move definitely uh one of the songs i would go back to the least though (laughs) because I can't I can't do that beat for for long. I can't do those the the rugrats piano. No. I, t- I just can't take it seriously. This is one of those songs that I only listen to when I'm listening to the entirety of the album. Right. I don't really listen to it as a single. But the next one apparently uh was very popular yes. on Spotify as a single with almost 10 times the listens of almost every other yep. track. Uh, it's at like 3.6 million where most everything else is between yeah. 200,000 to like 500,000. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that but First, we're at the halfway point, which means it is time to talk about the record itself. So this version that I have here comes from uh, Vinyl Me Please, actually. I was a subscriber of Vinyl Me Please for a very long time. Uh, They picked this as their uh, rap and hip-hop record for one month, and I had to get it immediately because despite being the idea album that I'm like least familiar with, I had already owned, I already owned like his other records, so I was like, oh well, I need the first one now, and I was already subscribed to Vinyl Me Please, so I was super excited. I love it's got a really nice matte black finish, but it has the embossed uh, metallic le- font. Text. Yeah, the lettering. You know, the back cover is this really nice like cutout magazine. For yeah, the track it kind of reads like um like a hostage negotiation yeah. note. Or a yeah. ransom note. <laughs> check, check, check out the art in this gatefold here. Ooh. It's really cool. It's very graffiti and collage inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to see pictures on our Instagram. Yes. Uh, at uh, MBF Records Pod. <laughs> <laughs> we had some issues secu- securing some names. Yes. So yeah. uh, apologies. <laughs> I definitely didn't forget the password for the Instagram. Definitely and, not. And, that and did not happen. New one. Nope. Um, but... This also comes with, uh, see, I don't think I don't think Vinyl Me Please does this anymore. But their rap and hip hop albums, 
every one of them came with a stencil. Yeah. Like spray painting. So this one has, it's just a, I, this is one of my favorite stencils that they gave me. It's just a skeleton praying. Yeah. We actually, um, we've been talking about it for a while, but I kind of forgot about it till just now. We want to use those stencils to eventually spray paint our shed. Yeah. With like badass graffiti. Yeah, I've got a bunch of really cool ones. I got an MF Doom mask. I've got, yeah. a, I've got a Wu-Tang logo from, um, from, uh, the 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 ghost face killer album mm. but anyway the records themselves are pretty nice uh they are a standard uh 90 gram uh weight so not not too bad uh it's very standard i mean they feel a little heavier than that but i'm pretty sure they were listed at 90 grams um one of them is this nice dark maroon color and the other one is uh they say silver i'm gonna keep it real with y'all i i hate it <laughs> when records describe themselves as silver and they're just gray mm. the color is the color you're looking for is gray yeah all right the only truly silver record i own is my special edition copy of um pure comedy by father john misty right and they do he did this weird thing where it's like a glittery silver like pressed in clear vinyl gotcha. so the way it comes out it looks like hammered metal Oh, wow. um, and it's so sick looking and it's the only it's the only record i have that can accurately be described as silver i wonder <laughs> if it's like difficult to produce a metallic silver oh, album yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah because um otherwise like i'm kind of shocked that like dorian electra hasn't put out like holographic glitter vinyl yeah it must be hard to do because y'all know people that motherfucker would have been on it people do i can't remember who it was someone for like record store day at one point put um like they pressed thread in, oh. into the vinyl because like because because you can just kind of put anything you want in the mold and then press it down wow. but uh yeah stuff like that does happen but not very often because it usually sounds like shit yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more of a novelty than uh you know than anything else but yeah that's that's the record i'm really happy with this pressing it's got a fair amount of surface noise um especially in the quieter moments mm. which i guess uh yeah, that that's that's a taste thing, I suppose. I like it, yeah. but I could see where some people might not. It's, it, you know, it, I get like for a classic hip hop like boom bap album like this one, it does kind of fit the vibe and aesthetic of it, but uh, at certain points it is a little aggressive, um, especially during song transitions. It can be a little distracting to me, and uh, I literally just replaced the needle on my record player, so it's not my fault. Nope, it's their fault. Yes, right? it's nothing I'm doing. Nope. <laughs> so don't come at me. Uh, we so we should probably move along. We're almost at an hour already, and we are halfway through this album. Oh my god! <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The the it's length so long. The length. It's this not feels so much longer than when we listened to it on vinyl yesterday. I don't understand how this keeps happening. Well, to be fair, we were. Uh, Yesterday when we were listening to it, I was reading Helsing manga, and and you were finishing the art for this podcast. That's true. <laughs> so it kind of flies by a little bit uh, when is because that, that's that like that is a good point about this album. It is a really good vibe record because mm -hmm. it, it kind of when, when you're like actively listening to it, it can start to feel a little tedious towards this back half. But when it's just kind of on as a vibe in the background it's perfect mm -hmm. but anyway enough uh enough with this we'll, we'll we'll get into the biggest single on the album track 10 big shot sitting at 3.6 million streams on spotify by a wide margin yeah <laughs> 
walks in front of you and makes your jaw drop. She talks to riddles and sort of tickles your soft spot. I see her in the club. She treats you like a scrub. She ain't tripping off you, but she got your whole crew in love. Yeah, you're daydreaming and getting her in that bedroom alone. Straight fiending. You beg like a dog for the bone. And she's peeping. And the reason is she knows there's a demon in between your legs with a mind of its own. No, you're a weakling. Overwhelmed with hormones. Y'all start speaking. She grabs a number to your phone. And next weekend, you invite her to your home. You weren't even thinking. You got played by a pro. She's a big shot. Thick lips. Nice legs. Green eyes. Took advantage of a thousand. Only slept with three guys. Ain't no over a groovy. Jane over a Lucy. Her innocent looks are deceiving. So I'm telling you to be wise. Hey, yo, I know she's a cutie. But she goes for the Lucy. Sure, her words sounded sincere. She even made me cry. Hey, yo, don't think I'm goofy. But there's power in that coochie underneath those booty tight. Cut off Daisy Doocy Levi's. She's a big shot. You know your dream girl. She knows how to use her looks to take advantage of the world. She's a big shot. She thought you could school her. She dissed you like you were neutered and told you to go get a sexual tutor. She's a big shot. She won't touch your ruler. She's so beautiful. A cupid crew looter. Use and abuser. She's a big shot. Your eyes are glued to her behind. You know her steeds, but you fall for it every time. Now, what about that popular school kid? School the kid. always have been, always will be cool kid. Cool the class kid. president valedictorian, A-plus star quarterback. Had a lack convertible driving. Signing cheerleaders autographs. The letter on the jacket. Metal around the neck. Pin on his chest. And my She's only slept with three guys. I gotta say, this is one of my least favorite tracks on the album. It's, it's funny, we kind of like, because we can't play the whole song, this was kind of a thing uh, back then where you would you would do these raps where you talk about how, how you know much everyone else sucks and you hate the popular kids and stuff, and then the last verse would be something self-deprecating, mm-hmm. which is what's happening here. Um but we're not going to get to that last verse because I'm not playing the entire song. <laughs> but yeah, so you don't you don't really get that switch at the end. I think it's really funny, you know, masterful song sequencing to put this immediately after blindly following, right? Or blindly firing, <laughs> you know, to put it after the 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 song where you talk about how much of a great rapper you are, right? I just you know, and I know this track came out in 2001, mm-hmm. and it was like at the height of the Gold Digger song yeah. era, but well, like. I just get so bored with this so fast. (laughs) I I have in my notes, uh, oh boy, finally a rap song about how much the cool kids suck. Uh, at this point, I'm reminded how I, how young idea is. When you yeah, I have this. to keep reminding myself of that. He's like 22 mm-hmm. on this yeah, album. Yeah, and he probably wrote it when he was much younger. Than that. Yeah, so but that's he was true. 22 when this was released. This one and. Um, Blindly firing definitely feel like something he could have written when he was 17, mm-hmm. and they almost feel a little bit like that not in a bad way yeah um well this one not in like the most favorable like you said it does get to like the self-deprecating part at the end but mm-hmm. like i'm just yeah. so, we get it men you you hate women that will not <laughs> fuck you i we got it okay it, this, this also almost feels like a, like this song and blindly fi- firing both kind of feel like label decisions because, definitely because i'm looking at the rest of the track list and it is nothing but the uh, more high concept cons- you know uh, yeah. uh, like uh like story driven songs so i think i think rhyme Sayers was like you need a couple of singles on this album that's true and like this is the most popular single yep. so you know yeah, i guess I who am i to argue after the last episode i i i said to amanda that like Oh, next time we gotta do like the we gotta look up the music videos and also talk about the music videos for the album. And this this album doesn't have any. Yeah. So. <laughs> so didn't have to do that. Yeah, uh, you'll have to wait till next episode to hear us talk about a music video. Maybe we'll see. We'll see what album gets picked. This yeah. is all random. You never know. It could be a weird jazz album that doesn't have music videos. Oh boy. I do have those. Oh boy. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, let's get into this one's a bit of an interlude. It's like just over two minutes long. Uh, but let's get into void parentheses internal theory closed parentheses. <laughs> I'll just start doing that every single time that every single time a uh, a song has a parenthetical title. Listen, if it's good enough for Ghosts in the Burbs, it's good enough for us. Right. Silence is what we all need for a minute. Dying is what we want to avoid while we're living life and trying to make some noise. The screams sort of seem like we're crying, reaching towards our dreams. I offer an exhausted sigh and rhyme and keeps the posture of my back in fair condition. But why in the world do I do this music when so few people listen? Climbing a mountain that might eventually crumble. It's a bumpy ride into that light side of life where no one goes. Violence saturates our surroundings. My heart is pounding. I am one of the strong that notice the siren sounding. Striving to wake you up so we can grow to maturity while we're all buying the government's repent from social security. Security. Wine and cigarettes promotes good life, bad health, and tax. I am one of the strong, but also in the same trap. Exercising my brain, realizing that pain will be arriving if I dive into the cesspool of my mind. So I'm rewinding the recorded version of my conscience repeatedly. Not easily blinded, nor do I find it hard to ignore your weaklings. Weep, I shine with this terrific, twisted piece of metal. Strangely changing climate as they increase the level. I said I wouldn't sign shit because I didn't want to meet the devil. But I lost my mind and I'm trying to find it in the dimension of space. I lost my mind. All right, that's enough of that. This song, like, good thing it's short, because, man, that, that, that piano sample is tedious. It definitely is. This feels the most, like he just took this directly from his slam poetry days today. Yeah. And it's, um, thank God we're back to a much more um, mature flow. Yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> and writing fair. style. Like, I do think you're right. Like, I think probably, like, Big Shots was written long before the album. Because it doesn't really fit between yeah. this kind of, like, epic storytelling, you know? Right. Well, I... I this album definitely feels like... Because th- there is... In the hip-hop world, there is a stigma of battle rappers making albums because they're usually not very good at it gotcha. they, like battle rapping is a completely different skill than being able to sit down and write a good song right and um i this album really really feels like idea trying to prove that he can write an album and write down like all of these consistent stories definitely and prove then, it he does and then for blindly firing and big shots uh, it feels like Rhyme Sayers Entertainment being like, yeah, but people know you as a battle rapper. Right. And so I am glad we, that those tracks are there. Yeah. And I think that's also why, like, it starts off with one and music music mm-hmm. before getting into the more high concept stuff. Definitely. And this is going to take us back into the water theming. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can just jump right into the dive. Would you, would you say we're going to we're going to dive? We're, we're going to dive, dive in, Jason? Into the dive. Let's let's dive uh, in. Parentheses of one closed parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> But hopefully we can gather together and figure out what life's about. Sorry, I forgot to skip the song. (laughs) It starts out with the question. How much of it is real? The skepticism sets in and lessens your appeal. 
Next, you study conspiracy, develop some theories, and become extra wary of all your previous learned material. Your tolerance for stupidity degrades. Most of your friends seem to be trapped in the maze. You narrow your associates down to the few you can stand, and even they sometimes wonder what's going on in that head of yours. Study East and Western philosophy, psychology, physics. You think a lot more and start to question existence. You wonder about your nervous system's limits. You tamper with reality maps and then ask hallucinogenic induced. Who am I? What am I? Am I forever? All information breathes in the shallow, dark halls of never. You can see where it's leading. You wish you were dreaming. If the castle crumbles, no one's there to put it back together. Have you ever felt yourself slipping away? Or all you think about your sanity and how it decayed? There's no place to run. No place to hide. You can't escape from inside and you're losing your mind. You try to think of when it started and ask yourself why. But each thought deepens the sickness and completes the desert dry. Fear feeds the derangement of the inner eye. With nothing left, you find yourself all into madness. So you cry to your God and act normal to your peers. What if God ain't hearing you? That's your only fear. Each day you think more about your psychosis. No one but you can help you and you know this. That's the craziest part of it all. In your rational mind, you only know two things. Oh, it's big brain time, folks. <laughs> oh, boy. We're talking about mental illness, isn't it? Yeah. I have uh, the only note I have for this song is Jaden Smith-ass lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because um, my, my first initial note on the vibe I got was Dale Gribble. Yeah. But, you know, like, there's not that, like, the overlap between how Jaden Smith talks and how Dale Gribble talks. Like, it's a significant Venn diagram. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, it, this is the first song. I mean, it's impressive that we made it to track 12, but this is the first song where it feels like he's trying to throw in like big words definitely prove how like smart he is well and, like looking at the lyrics yeah like it's very it's very poetic it's very like a classically structured poem right. like the iambic pentameter is just exquisite on this song like yeah. and the rhyme scheme amazing that's dive one and dive two are two of my favorites at, at the same time it feels like it should have started off with like a massive bong rip yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, of of completely uh legal delta nine thc yeah Wait, uh, delta eight who, oh, who okay. knows but this okay. is definitely I'm, um I'm, a, I'm in a union <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, joe rogan trying yes. dmt for the first time and never shutting the fuck up about it ever again oh yeah yeah, had this been a bigger song, this would have irreparably uh, damaged hip-hop. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I like this song a lot. I think it, uh, you know, as, as like, high-minded and stuff as it is, um, it's still very listenable. Like, his flows are very nice. Uh, it's just, you know, we're on track 12. Let's keep it rolling. You know Let's what I mean? Uh... Like, that's that's kind of how I feel about this song. It's track 12. yeah. I kind of wish the dive was the finale and that it, we ended off immediately after it concludes. But let's let's dive into <laughs> oh, the dive part two. Not in, yeah, dive parentheses two. <laughs> Take a deep breath. There's nothing to be afraid of. What you just did was fall to the depths of existence. The place your mind keeps you away from by its own process of building models for understanding. This is not insanity. This is in fact the ultimate reality. The union you've achieved is only possible in thoughts no more. You never fall if you never fight. You found yourself falling to madness, so you know the best thing you ever did was let go. You found yourself falling to madness, so you know the best thing you ever did was let go. I found myself 
fall into madness, so I dove. The best thing I ever did was let go. Let go. I found myself falling to madness, so I dove. The best thing I ever did was let go. Let go. Life is a play, and we're always acting out without ever seeing it from the writer's or audience's point of view. But we reach infinity now. Let it go. The writers, the actors, and the audience at the exact same time. So here you are, and now you understand. You always were here. That's why you always ran. But you can only run away for so long before you catch up with yourself and become part of the song. I'd like to welcome you to the heaven you created. I tell the truth. This is the wisdom of the ancients. Holding on to something contradicts our being. So fly free, fly free, fly free. Maybe I had to go crazy to get where I am. I felt myself slipping away and I let myself fall. Gotta lose your mind before you find it. When you finally find it, you find out you never lost it at all. There's a natural flow that's attached to your soul. It don't ask you to go. It just gradually pulls. It's always now when you're never not you. So follow yourself, because if nothing else, your existence is happy. Have you ever felt yourself slipping away? I am, I mean, I was slipping away. But no matter what I am, I'm me. Alright, I always hate when I have to say this about a song that is uh, clearly very personal to someone and is clearly very painful. Uh, but man, it's so long and I'm getting so bored um, <laughs> with this album at this point. So this song took me right back to Drama Club yeah. uh, from good old GTCHS, Don't Dox Me. Um, watching someone do a monologue that was supposed to be like two minutes prepared yeah. and it went on for like 40 minutes but the drama teacher was so enraptured with what was going on we just kind of all had to sit there yeah i should point out this is yet another song that's over five minutes long it has a long ass outro um my 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 notes for this are tedious too long this album is so long I like the vocal chop, but I can't take these drums anymore, man. <laughs> like that, he's uh, at this point. I, I I forgot to like bring it up earlier, but he just keeps using this drum loop. Yeah. Like and and the drums really really started to wear on me at this point. The production at this point in the album kind of feels a little bit fatiguing. Yeah. I mean, that vocal chop saves it a little bit though. It does. Like that sample in the background is yeah. so good. That, that's very good. But it's just like honestly, if it just had a more interesting drum pattern, I'd probably love this song. Yeah, or just a different beat. Yeah, the lyrics are good. Yeah, and definitely like the part where it is just straight up like a drama kid monologue, yeah. exquisite, like it's, very well done. Yeah, it's 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 a very very like like deep look at someone at, like his own personal like mental health, and it's a very mature look at his own mental health. Uh, it's just the production is getting tedious mm-hmm. at this point uh, for me. But this is one of the more popular songs on this album I'm seeing, actually. So maybe they'll come after me for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's... Let's get into some well-being. Yeah, well-being. We are on track 13 of 18. For, uh, 14 of 17. Oh. We're not doing before and after. Gotcha. Cool. cool. Uh, that's a bonus track that is not on my vinyl, so I'm ending it on this. So it doesn't stand. exist for us. It does not Excellent. exist for us. It, I did listen to it uh, when I listened to this album at work, though. It is pretty good. Gotcha. I like I like Blueprint on the song. We'll, we'll talk about it for real quick right here. I like Blueprint on the song. Um, at first, I thought it was Atmosphere on the song, which would have made more sense because. Uh, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment is owned by Atmosphere. Right. But. You know, throwing Blueprint on there. He's a very good rapper. He adds 
some like cred to the to this album i kind of wish it was in the actual track list that's another thing that's worth pointing out no features on this album not a single feature until you get to that bonus track with blueprint gotcha yeah that's something i didn't even pick up on Mm -hmm. uh but anyway we'll we'll get right into well-being Yeah, it's it's a it's a DJ cut. Yeah, it, we we got we got DJ abilities on the tables, just going just going nuts on them. Um, it's a fun interlude. A DJ abilities is a really really good DJ. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about I don't know anything about cutting. I don't know anything about DJing. Um, so for all I know, what he's doing right here is in- incredibly basic, and uh, I'm just mystified by the fast sounds happening right (laughs) he's just jangling keys in my face (laughs) but i like it a lot i mean (coughs) this was a pretty common thing for hip-hop albums at the time especially if it's a hip-hop album where it's specifically a collaboration with a dj right you know um where you'd have a dj cut most people's only point of reference for this especially people our age is going to be uh the first two lincoln park albums Mm -hmm. because they have um i don't remember what the one on meteor is called but on hybrid theory you have cure for the itch right which is just uh mr han just going nuts on the turntables right i like this track i wish it had been placed between big shots and void to kind of split up the album just a little bit more kind of give us a little break after the more upbeat battle rap like Mm -hmm. you know gold diggers ain't shit track yeah. like whatever you know just to yeah, kind of like ease us back into the more conceptual and more yeah, mature been, tone of the back end of the album should have been earlier like you know should have been like right at the halfway point mm-hmm. you know i feel like it would have worked better there uh but other than that like it's a fun i, I like it it yeah. breaks it it breaks it up it makes it a little less tedious he is still using those goddamn drums though he is <laughs> i really hope like wherever he is today in 2023 dj abilities like you you deserve better than that drum loop babe i mean he like yeah uh he he did he did graduate past that drum loop pretty i i can't wait i hope we get to do by the throat yeah soon there are some incredible drum loops on that album oh my god it's so good um 
But yeah, let's move into another example of the homonyms. Red, white, and blue. And red is spelled uh, R-E-A-D. So we're, we're, getting, we're, getting, we're getting political here, guys. Some good 2001 politics. serious on this one um i really like the hook on this song me too like mama was a lullaby daddy was a melting mm-hmm. pot like i love that so uh i have a quote that i pulled from genius uh about what this song is actually about he said it's a metaphor for living in america where your blood is of some other origin america raised me i am a product of this society but sometimes i wonder what it would have been like to grow up in another country i'm half lebanese and mostly irish otherwise that should be enough info info for you to fill in the blanks and this was interviewed by a fan and then transcribed by ideas mother on facebook right who is alive yes she is alive. very much alive as a matter of fact uh uh please don't listen to this ideas mom because there's a decent chance he might. She's pretty online. <laughs> she runs the Idea and Abilities Facebook page. And uh, she's great. I've interacted with her online before. Um, I just think it's so amazing the way she's made sure that the world can never forget about him, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she you know, she helped fund and release the, the, the documentary, The World Has No Idea. Uh, which, by the way... I wanted to bring up because I, we talked about doing, you know, also watching that documentary for this episode, but I decided that we should probably save that for if we do by the throat because that's uh, Idea's last album, and I think it would just be more appropriate. To I think talk so. About I think so. Um, with that, but 
So, so basically, basically, the, the consensus, consensus seems to be that, that like, his mother, mm-hmm. in the context, is America. Right. You yeah. know, he's, he's, using, he's using his parents as a metaphor for, like, the country and society that he grows up in. Um, yeah, I, this is another one that could have been really cringe. It could have been, but he delivers it with such mm-hmm. sincerity. And his phrasing and his word is just so elevated. Like, he really is one of the greatest poets of his generation. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh my god, what was that Kimia Dawson quote? Oh, um, shoot. Uh, uh, hold on, like Minneapolis Dalai Lama or something like that Let's... from uh, from Bats. Yeah, uh, we'll, you know what? We'll find it while we're playing Internal Theory Void. Uh, the or oh my god, Void parentheses External Theory. It's another one of these void interludes. <laughs> into years a students turn into dropouts seeing the world from a creative angle turns into seeing it from a couch orgasms become lifetimes bong hits turn into white lines a face becomes a dartboard and cardboard becomes a house boys turn into men enemies become your friends losing turns into winning and the beginning becomes the end words turn into magic rewind becomes a habit rabbits become vultures and cultures become trends a party becomes a funeral sunlight turns into cancer the rain turns beautiful an unusual question becomes an answer happiness becomes a cataract a sip turns into a six pack and earth turns into Mars as my album becomes a standard a hero becomes a statistic a lost soul enlisted the potholes are lifted as the hot cold leave you blistered the sickness becomes a teardrop a cup of coffee becomes a long day your best friend's guidance becomes the wrong way as the song plays my voice becomes the past present and future transportation becomes pollution as humans become computers time becomes space alright that's enough uh, <laughs> this is by f- I think this is by far my least favorite song on this album uh good thing it's only a minute and 14 seconds long <laughs> uh is, i i just said borderline hobson type shit <laughs> for the lyrics which i mean to be fair this long predates hobson so i can't really hold that against him um but yeah the quote i was looking for it's it's from so the uncluded for those people that don't know the uncluded is kimia dawson and aesop rock uh, they put out an album together under this name and they have a song called Bats, which is mostly about idea after he died. And Kimmy Dawson said, uh, it's clear to me this kid's the Minnesota Dalai Lama and the Lama twists his tongue to create a perfect rhyme. Whether, whether freestyled or preconceived, he spits that shit out at your mind. So he, he like he was very known mm. as like this incredibly talented poet and very well beloved by his contemporaries like any any musician i've ever heard talk about idea any rapper anybody that works in the music industry nothing but good things to say about him him. yeah (laughs) and that like goes way back to even like before his death like just he was just one of those guys that it seemed like really vibed with everybody yeah 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 he he was he was definitely a very charismatic i mean like you look at the interviews and stuff that he's done you can tell like he just seems like a like a cool guy mm-hmm. to like hang out with you know he seems very chill and very smart you know he seems like the type yeah. of dude that like you're gonna you're gonna end up talking to him for like three hours i bet as a child he was very frequently described as an old soul by yes, everyone definitely. around him oh my god um, as a child that was described as an old soul by everyone around me uh that was probably more on trauma than it was yeah. on anything else yeah it's probably uh, d- uh detrimental but to you people know because then you you grow up and then you don't live up to the expectations that people put on you and then, and then it turns into a crushing mental disorder that you have to see a therapist for yeah 
Yeah, and then you put out you put out some good rap albums, I guess. Well, um, <laughs> we'll see if I get yeah. to that point, but Idea certainly slayed it. Oh yeah, uh, we only have one song left. On this I stand. Yep, the last track. Uh, let's get into it. Shut up, nerd. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love this track. I, I know it's very good. It's an excellent closer. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't particularly love the the spoken word part, but overall, I do really like this song. I think I did, but I think that's because I'm a drama club kid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> something is irreparably broken in my brain. <laughs> I do have the line. Uh, I don't write for the future. I write about the future. Well, big brain. I, I, I have that in my notes. Uh, but he's very self-aware, like especially on the line. I'm only deep enough to realize right. that I'm shallow. Mm-hmm. Like he kn- he knows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I also have that the song. See, I have this in my notes that the song ends on a good note at 3:44 and then just keeps going for two minutes. <laughs> and um, uh, I wrote these notes when I was listening to this on Spotify before we listened to the vinyl, and then that's when I had that realization. Mm. That he has that that two minute or so outro on that song, right? It, like it's almost like end credits music, right? You know, uh, which in retrospect, like on on streaming, it's it's kind of a funny thing. It makes it basically impossible to like throw this song on a playlist. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> like on vinyl, that makes a lot of sense actually. It does. It's like a very nice chilled out mm-hmm. outro, like you know, because this album goes a lot of places. It's quite the journey we've been yes. on. It's been quite the long journey, yes. and it's nice for it to end on such like a chill, vibey <laughs> note of him being very self-reflective and yeah. very self-aware. Um, overall thoughts on um, the album. I like it. You know, there's definitely there's some high highs and some sub valleys. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I would probably put this pretty solidly at 
like a like a solid seven. That's what I was gonna 10. say too. It, seven it, to seven point five. It, uh, ten out of ten. If Idea's mom is listening, love yeah. you. Love your work. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> closer to a six than an eight, as your movie sucks would say. Yeah. Um, because like, and and I'm kind of working with the the knowledge of where they go from here exactly so like like, in, like i know you haven't really listened to ideas discography so i kind of have that context of like like the evolution of these albums so this is like as much of this is a really good album it is still probably my least like i feel like they get better definitely definitely um we did listen to um the last album together after i had discovered the song bats by the uncluded you told me what it was about um so i think that's a little bit where i'm coming from too i haven't listened to it much it's like i know how much better he gets yeah and that's why style changes yeah and like how much he grows as an artist and a performer between and like such a short amount of time too and also, uh, my one note, it's just, it's it's too long. Yeah. It's too long. I mean, again, that's a taste thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like That's very subjective. Like, 45 minutes is, like, the perfect length for an album. For me, yeah. 30 to 45 minutes is kind of, it's like, once you get over an hour, I, unless you're, like, unless you're, like, a progressive metal band and your songs are 18 minutes long and, and that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. then I I start to like check out a little bit when when an album is this long. Yeah. And well, and then like when you hit so many heavy things in an album and have so many two-part songs, it just, mm-hmm. it does kind of, yeah. it's real J.R.R. Tolkien describing trees, yeah. you know? And yeah. I do not mean that as a bad thing. And Obviously, then, Tolkien's one of my favorite authors. And then it also hurts to like put some of the more personal songs mm-hmm. at the end of the album. It does. because Because by that point, like as a listener, you've kind of checked out a little bit a little bit yeah I would, I would prefer to have the more like surface level songs about like you know gold digging and i'm the best a little bit towards the end to keep the energy up and right. then have the closer but overall i did like this album yeah yeah for sure um it's excellent drawing music if you're like trying to bang something out like it's yeah, got yeah. really good flow to keep you in like the the zone if you know what i mean fellow Lo- artists lo-fi hip-hop beats to study and relax too <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's time to hit shuffle. Let's let's do it. What well, are we listening to next week, Next Jason? week, we're listening to... Uh, that was an EP. We're listening to Run the Jewels 4. Woo! Uh, we're, we're diving right into the most recent Run the Jewels album. Hell yeah, I love me some Run the Jewels. But, yeah, until... Uh, oh my god, we did that out of order. We did? We're, yeah, we forgot to do the plugs. Oh, that's right. Whatever, I'm not editing it. It's fine. Um, we're already an hour and a half into this. Uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and let's do our plugs. Okay. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at uh, MBF Records Pod. Uh, we'll be posting pictures of every album we listen to on our Instagram. Um, follow me on Twitter at Frequency Shifts. And you can follow me on Twitter at Amanda Moonchild, and you can follow me on Instagram at Spicy Pisces Crises. And until next time, uh, we'll 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 figure out an outro next yeah, time. Yeah, we'll figure out an outro next time. Woo! Woo.